Welcome to Happiness and Inside Job. This is episode 46, Inside a Teenage Mind, and I'm your host, Connie Atkinson. Happiness and Inside Job is the go-to resource for Christian parents wanting to effectively communicate with teenage and young adult children utilizing powerful life coaching skills. What if I told you your children don't need to change anything in order for you to have a fulfilling relationship with them? You can change everything about your relationships with others by merely changing the way you think about them. Imagine the power you find when you stop depending on others for change and you create the change. Suddenly, you stop being the victim and you become the hero of your life. Welcome back to the podcast, you guys. I'm super excited about today's episode. I've got my youngest daughter, youngest of five, Emily, with me today. Hey, guys. And she's here to give us some perspective on what it's like to be a teenager. So first, start by telling us a little bit about yourself. So just keeping it real, like, what's the most embarrassing thing you've ever done, Emily? (laughs) Um, So I'm Emily. I'm in 10th grade. Um, Probably the most embarrassing thing that I've ever done at school is one time... I was in, like, a really chill class, and we were going to pop popcorn because we were watching a movie, and I changed into fuzzy socks, and I was running down the hallway, and I went to go do a heel click because, you know, it's how we roll, and I was wearing a dress, and I, like, forgot to wear spankies that day under my dress and I went to go do a heel click and I biffed it and I landed so hard on the ground and I was just rolling over and it was the funniest thing ever and there was a whole bunch of people in the hallway that I probably accidentally flashed and they were all laughing at me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay she did have on underwear and she usually (laughs) wears spanks but you know oops we all make mistakes right? (laughs) So you can see Emily is pretty much your average teenager, pretty spunky. Life is never (laughs) dull around here. She's a singer and a dancer and pretty social. (laughs) Yeah, to say the least. I would say you probably are the most social out of all the kids. (laughs) Okay, one fun fact about our family is we belong to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and we live in Utah. So it's pretty much the dominant religion here in Utah. And recently we had some friends visiting from Texas and they were trying to decide or weigh the options between raising their kids in Utah or raising them in Texas. So Emily, you gave them some pretty interesting perspective on what it's like to be LDS and go to school in Utah. So you want to... Yeah, so one of the questions that they asked me was, like, do you feel pressure from the other LDS kids since they all share religion? like your religion if they don't have the same values as you which is actually like a huge thing that like a huge thought that I think about on a regular basis because there are so many people that are LDS that go to my school that do have different values and different beliefs than me and it's sort of difficult because let's say somebody of my same religion is swearing or doing things that I don't necessarily agree with, it's harder to justify my way of thinking because they are my same religion and so they should, in my head, have the same set of values as me. So what kind of things do you get the most pressure to do? So a lot of people, like, 
that I hang out with don't like excessively swear, but they'll like slip a couple times a day, which I don't do. That's not something that um, is in my actions, but it is like harder to justify that to them that I don't swear because they do swear and they are my same religion. So, so I'm not going to lie. When I yeah. am around a lot of swearing, I, I mean, I recently went to a conference and there was a lot of swearing and I came home and in my head, I was swearing like a sailor. They did not, those words did not leave my mouth, <laughs> but I did think them. How do you think you're able to keep those words out of your thoughts when you hear them all day long? Um, I just mostly just ignore it when people do it. Like, I don't say anything because there are some people that will, like, stand up for it. Like, I've heard it many times. Like, if somebody's swearing, then an LDS person will be like, yo, like, that's not cool or, like, not in my house. But pretty much the kid knew that before they said it anyway. Yeah. They just didn't care and don't want to hear it. So, mostly... Every single person that I hang out with, besides a couple people, are LDS. And so it's hard to hear sometimes so many people disregarding the guidelines for our church. Do you feel like they tone it down in front of you in order to be a little bit more respectful or not really? Mostly. I think that there are a couple people that don't, but even like LDS people around me, since they know that I don't swear at all... They will make sure to try to tone it down just because they know that I don't like it. Yeah, that's nice of them. So overall, do you think you like being LDS in a majority LDS community? I believe that I do because it's nice to have people to connect with in that way because you can have discussions on like gospel topics that are like controversial kind of in the like in the teenager's mind. So you have friends that you're able to spiritually connect with or have yeah, deep and discussions have deep, with. Yeah, have deep, like, spiritual discussions with. And it's, yeah, it's nice because, like, if we're hanging out and everybody's like, oh, my gosh, well, I have 9 o'clock church tomorrow morning, then it's, like, something that we, like, connect with. Everybody knows what they're talking about. Yeah, yeah, and even the people that aren't LDS, there are so many people that are that they know that most people like, can't have alcohol or have sex before they're married or things like that. So our, there are less pressures, I think, than other places, like in other states, because even all of the non-LDS people know that most of the population won't do that. So you don't feel a lot of pressure to drink. Everybody no. just knows you're not going to. There is, like, at my school, there's, like, a bigger vaping problem than drinking. I've never gotten or, like, been around alcohol at my school, but there's definitely vapes, like, everywhere. So do you feel like you get made fun of for being a good girl, or do you feel like you're respected for being a good girl? Um, I think it goes both ways. I think that, like, I definitely am respected to a point because I don't, like, I follow the rules um, quite strictly. And it also sometimes, like, I'll get called, like, a Molly Mormon or something like that because so many of the LDS population that are, they are my age, they will swear and, like, dress immodestly and do all these things so it's considered okay. So if 
I don't believe in doing that, then I get called a Molly. But that has slowed down throughout the years. So there's kind of some shaming going on in both directions. People who are strictly following the rules and those who are... There's like a happy medium that a lot of the kids... Not even like a happy medium, but just a little medium. So you're like sort of following the rules of the LDS church and sort of not. So they'll like swear a little bit a day and they'll go make out with random people sometimes. But most of the time they're good kids. So you've been around this life coaching model for quite a while now, and you know that the actions that you're taking are driven by a feeling which is created by a thought. So many parents that I coach are really frustrated by what their kids are doing, and what the parents try to do is direct the kids on what to do, which we know that there's no power there. The power comes from what you're thinking. So why is it that you choose not to go in that medium range, Emily. That's your choice. It's not something that I can make you do or not do. One thing that I do to try to keep myself in check and to make sure that I'm following all the guidelines that I believe I should follow is I just try to respect myself and like what my thoughts are. And that leads to other people respecting me as well. You know, that's a really good point because truly it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks of you. The end of the day, what matters is if you can look at yourself in the mirror and be proud of who you are and the way you've acted. One thing that always surprises me as a mom is I look at other people's kids and sometimes I have the impression when I see them that they're so confident and so popular and they have it all together. And often when you talk to the mom, you find out that they're actually really sad or not as confident as as they appear to be. So what do you think is going on with high school kids and, and feeling so down on themselves all the time? That's a really... Tough question to answer, but I feel like a couple of the reasons is self-praising is so thought, like, against in society. So So you get shamed if you notice good things about yourself or point them out? Yeah, exactly. So if, if a person goes, like, if a person compliments someone else and they're like wow yeah I really do look cute today huh isn't that kind of funny and it is so noticed as such a bad thing in high school and in the world to be a verbal like verbally confident to other people of your age that's interesting why do you think it's looked down upon to be confident I think it's seen as cocky more than confident, even if it is just confidence. So sometimes I have that problem. Sometimes I will be, like, quite confident, and it'll come off as cocky, even though that's not my intention. And some people... But I know even with you, I think I look at you and see you as a pretty confident person. But even just the other night, we had a little coaching session because someone said something... And you felt like you were being shamed because you made a conscious decision to not go to Young Women's one night. Yeah, that's true. Um, And I think one thing that helps is, like, the situation. So if it's, like, 
a physical thing or like an emotional thing, then it doesn't really bug me that much. But stuff that's spiritual, since it's like so, you take it very close seriously. Yeah, I take it more seriously than the other two. Like sometimes people will joke around like about like looks or grades or stuff like that with me, and that doesn't bug me. I just brush it off most of the time, and because I know that they're just joking. But with spiritual stuff, it definitely gets to me more. So in the end of our coaching session, kind of where we ended up, was that once you make a decision, you just need to be good with that decision and not rely on other people to validate your decision and tell you what to do. So how do you avoid all the vaping and drugs and alcohol? You mentioned that vaping is the biggest, most common thing at your school. I think that it's good to make a conscious decision before you start the school year or before you go to a party or before you start hanging out with a certain group of friends that you won't do any of those things. So that's what I did. Like when I was in Sunday school one day, they just told us that we needed to go home and make sure that we promised to ourselves that we would never do those things because it really does affect you and your body in such a negative way that it is so good to make sure that you never even start doing any of those things. I think it's also a really good way to avoid these things by making sure that you're hanging out with the right people because let's say I was to go and hang out with the kids that are notorious for doing drugs all the time. That would make me way more likely to also do drugs. So you just need to make sure that you are hanging out with the right people and getting to know the people that you want to be like. Yeah, so we're the average of the top five people that we spend the most time with. So choosing your friends is not something to take lightly. Yeah, for sure. So what would your advice be to somebody who gets in with a friend group and then they, they, once they're in, they realize, dang, this is not where I want to go. It's not my direction. There are definitely more people in the school that you can become friends with than you think. That's what my thought is. Because um, at school, I try to talk with as many different groups of people as possible and if you are only friends with one group of people, then I think that you should be spreading out anyway and getting to know more people that have closer to the same morals and standards as you. It's so much healthier to have lots of really good friends than to have one best friend. As parents, we often let our minds go to worst case scenario, or a lot of my clients have this issue. They just assume that their kids are doing bad things, and it's really hard to know how to best help our kids. So thinking to your friend's parents, what do you think are some of the best parenting techniques and some of the worst? Um, it really just depends on the kid. I feel like there are a lot of people my age that need that strict parenting, but it is definitely detrimental to a lot of kids to have strict parenting. Detrimental how? Um, I know a friend that her parents are super strict, and she is such a good kid, and it's just because her older siblings weren't as good as she is that they are so 
um, strict, so it's good that they have an actual reason to be strict, but it it makes her rebellious and it makes her a worse person than she was before. Basically, what you're saying is their thought that their teenager is horrible is now becoming their reality. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm because saying. They're like suffocating her. Mm-hmm. Because if parents have an actual reason, like if their kid is off doing drugs and doing bad stuff with boys or girls, then that is a legitimate reason to, like, make more rules. Sometimes there are legitimate reasons for parents to be concerned, as you pointed out. So sometimes there are really strict parental controls and things like that. One of my favorite things to do... Now, since... Since kid number one, I made it really clear that I could pick up your phone and look through the text messages at any time. Now, I hardly ever do that, but I can, and it's understood in the beginning. But more fun than that, I, instead of snooping through your phone, I love to just ask you, if I were to pick up your phone right now, what is the sketchiest thing I'd find? (laughs) This is a funny question, and I definitely think it would just be of, like, me and my friends, like, messing around, not doing anything, like, illegal, but just having fun and doing stupid teenager stuff. (laughs) Well, you really kind of thrive on making people laugh. (laughs) Yeah. Now, it's a lot easier to parent when things are going well and kids are getting good grades and they are respectful and tell you where they are and who they're with. What do you think is the most effective way for parents who have kids that are doing sketchy things What is the most effective way for them to help them? I think just trying to talk to your kid and figure out why they're doing these things. Because if it's like a serious mental problem, like if they're depressed or have eating disorders, then it's more likely for them to be doing those bad things. So I think you just need to figure out what your child's individual situation is. And make sure as a parent you don't overreact in the moment and really listen to their problem and try to figure out with a, try to figure out a solution to their problem without making them feel like they're a horrible person or trying to overcorrect what mistakes they've made. Yeah, if they're making bad decisions, they probably already feel like a horrible person without your help, right? Yeah. So when you think of your future self, what is one thing that you think that that we do in our family, what is one thing that you definitely want to do with your teenagers and one thing that you definitely don't want to do with your teenagers? One thing that I definitely want to continue from our family is our no curfew policy that, like, if we tell you where we are and who we're with, then we can, um, and that that we're safe, then we can um, stay out pretty late. Um... And the thing with that is, I don't have a curfew, but I'm usually back by midnight anyway because all my friends have curfews. So it doesn't really change that much in my life. It just makes it so I feel more freedom in my life. And then one thing that I think I will change just a little bit is... um, Unlimited TV. (laughs) No, um, probably... Just making my children feel more independent and, like, letting them make their own decisions for most of the things in your life, in their life, and just only, like, correcting them if I strongly disagree. If I understand you correctly, you're saying you want to be more of a hands-off parent. Yes. 
you are super lucky you're not the first one because I am way more hands-off now than I was with your sister. (laughs) Yeah. I find that I'm the best parent when I remember to have fun with my kids, to plan things that we love to do together, and just go and have fun. Yeah. Everything doesn't always have to be so serious. It doesn't, we can talk about more things than just grades and curfews. Yeah, that's definitely good advice. And dishes that get left on the couch. (laughs) (laughs) I would say another thing is that one thing that really helps me as a parent is to really focus on my thoughts. When I just think about, when I focus on frustrating thoughts and things that are frustrating to me and things that are worrying me, then I find that I forget to show up and have fun. I think that it's definitely important that you take an interest to what I'm doing and like who my friends are and that we spend a lot of time together. Hey, I get a lot of information from you, but I get even more from your friends. <laughs> Just kidding. There's no good dirt on you. You're practically perfect in every way, just like Mary Poppins. All right, you guys, thanks so much for joining me again this week on the podcast. Make sure if you're not in ThoughtWorks, get on right away and sign up. The doors are open, and you're definitely going to want to be in there for December. We're going to be working on relationships. Not only are we going to work on repairing damaged relationships, but we're also going to work on creating emotionally healthy relationships that last. So don't miss out. Get in there right away and sign up for December ThoughtWorks. I'll see y'all next week.